Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. 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 Happy being alive day, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here aboard the Mothership. Back with you. Thanks for being patient with me as we took some time off this fine summer and had a lot of moving parts here on the DA show, but we are back and we are ready to rock and coming up this hour on the show, sound check your best audio of the day in 20 minutes and in 40 minutes. The Yankees are being disrespected by all opponents. Woof. Sounds of Saturday focuses on the Buckeyes of Ohio State. Their legendary voice, Paul Keels, will join us in hour number four. Before we go much further, I don't have much of an appetite to do a lot of NBA offseason stuff right now. To me, everything is about football, 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 and then some baseball pennant race stuff. I think we'll do more baseball as we get closer to October than in October. But right now, it's all about NFL kickoff and college football kickoff, and I think that's where everybody's juices are flowing and anticipation is. And so the NBA offseason stuff just does nothing for me. We brought up Messi in our number one. He's really this kind of incredible catalyst of excitement and showmanship and must-see TV and tickets for his MLS debut because the other games were not technically MLS games. They were League Cups games. Fetched nearly $1,000 for seats. And so he's kind of changed everything. But really, it's all about football. But I... I saw this story, and I've been hesitant to bring up off-season NBA because I find it to be just so worthless. But the Steph Curry, Magic Johnson stuff, I found bothered me. The James Harden stuff is what it is. The Damian Lillard stuff is what it is. The schedule and midseason tournament is what it is. But I, I found myself being, I thought, unnecessarily bothered by an off-season NBA story, which was Steph Curry being called the greatest point guard of all time. Now, I'm not here to question whether Steph Curry is one of the greatest players or the greatest point guards of all time. He is obviously the greatest shooter of all time. That much is inarguable. And he is a champion multiple times over. He has won titles with a super team. And when he has been the the centerpiece of it, he has been clearly one of the great players of the NBA for a while now. He has been a generational talent. 
He causes kids across the country to buy Warriors jerseys and watch Warriors highlights. And people are incredibly head over heels, especially the younger generation about Steph Curry. He's created a generation of kids that just wants to shoot from the outside. So he changed how the game is played in many ways. And I'm not here to dismiss any of that. But when people start calling him the greatest point guard of all time, I find it offensive. And I also think that Steph Curry got it wrong by placing himself in historical context. It's just not something he should do. When players are asked, if you're the greatest of all time, are you better than this guy? Are you, they should just defer. It's not my call. That's not up to me. That's up for everybody else to decide. I just find it to be very unbecoming when great players position themselves above other great players. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think you should do it. And I think that Steph Curry should know better because Steph Curry is usually really good at this type of stuff. He's respectful of people that came before him. He's been a great teammate. He hasn't needed to be about me, me, me. I just didn't think there was any reason for him to start putting himself above other greats. But then when it got to, yeah, he's the greatest point guard of all time. I mean, look, I know that Magic has a ridiculous Twitter, and I know that Magic Johnson might be older than a, a bulk of the NBA fans that use social media or have the hot takes now. But, like, even suggesting that Steph is a better player all time than Magic Johnson proves that you just don't know anything. I'm sorry. It's just, it's so, it's such a blinking light of I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Steph is a better shooter than Magic Johnson. Everything else Magic was better. I mean, Magic Johnson as a rookie played center when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was injured in Game 7 of the NBA Finals and dominated. Do we think that Steph, as a rookie, would have played center in Game 7 of the NBA Finals and put up 40-20? and 20? Do we think that Steph Curry could have slid in to replace Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Game 7 of the NBA Finals effectively. Did I mean, it doesn't take much to just dial up Magic Johnson passes. Steph's a great player, but Magic Johnson's court vision, passing ability, is otherworldly stuff that we still don't see where he's throwing the length of the court bounce passes to A.C. Green or James Worthy on a break. The pass is going the length of the court, and he's threading the defense. Behind the back, no look, through his legs. I mean, is the most extraordinary passer we have ever seen. He, he can dominate in the post because he's taller than guards. He, he is, he's a better passer than any guard. He's a better player on the floor than anybody that he's playing against. He's one of the 
four greatest players of all time. He can play multiple positions, including center, and dominate doing it. He won five NBA championships. Steph has four. He also was in the NBA Finals eight times in 10 years. It's just offensive. It's offensive. And it is just proof that, you know, you kind of need old people. You kind of do. Because old people have the context. They have the perspective. They go, no, you're actually wrong because you didn't see this X, Y, or Z. And I know that old people get a bad rap because it's get off my lawn stuff. And yes, there's a lot of 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 people of a next generation that look at the older generation and say, you know, move out of the way. You're holding on to your stuff. You won't let us grow. You won't let us have our own identity, things like this. And that happens forever. Like, you need old people to be like, no, Steph's not the greatest point guard of all time. And if you think so, you're just ignoring an, in not, an entire era. And it's obnoxious. It's just obnoxious. And whatever is newest is best in a lot of people's minds. And it's just not true. It doesn't take much to just dial up YouTube these days to look at it. And I just, I thought Steph did the whole thing a disservice by putting himself up there himself. It's not his call. And for people to go along with it, like Magic Johnson never existed. I mean, give me a break, please. Let me stay in LA for a second here. Because the Shohei Otani injury happened last week. And without a shadow of a doubt, everything here has become worst case scenario for the Angels, except the injury, which is pretty insane. They weren't going to make the playoffs at the trade deadline, but they had a delusion that they could, and they traded away the little prospects that they had to make a run now in the stretch run, and it completely collapsed. They wanted to sell Shohei Otani on look at what a playoff run could look like here. Excitement. We're going for it. Aggressive nature of the franchise. And again, not one of the best farm systems in baseball. They trade away the few good young players they have. They go all in and they collapse. So A, the little young talent they had coming up through the system is gone and they got nothing to show for it because they didn't even make September with meaningful games to play. It all went to crap in, in August. And now you get nothing for Shohei Otani. You get no prospects in a trade. And you could lose him at the end of the season and have gotten absolutely zero out of the Otani era besides, look what we we wasted. And then the injury happens. And now he's going to be shut down for the season in throwing and pitching. And who knows if he'll pitch again. Who knows what the long-term effects of this will be if he has Tommy John again. All of that. And it just feels like, what the hell? They got they got just bit in every, every angle, every way by the Otani thing. And the delusion of going forward to the trade deadline. And yet, the injury here helps the Angels. It helps the Angels because 
at least a few teams will be scared off from bidding the massive money on Shohei Otani because of another arm injury. He had Tommy John back in 2018. At least some of the buyers will go, eh, we could have went all in if we thought he was going to pitch and hit. And now we're going to remove ourselves from this conversation. That's the first thing. The line of teams that will line up for Shohei will, will get at least a little shorter. The second thing is the money's going to come down because now you're not guaranteed to get a guy who can be the top of the rotation arm and your power hitter. He might only be a power hitter. Now, he'll make good money because he's one of the best power hitters in the game because he's extremely marketable because he's still in his prime. But if you're not going to pay for him to be a top-of-the-rotation starter, the price tag comes down, which now allows the Angels a little closer, probably, in the finances. I think it was Buster Olney that has brought this up a couple of times since the injury happened, and that is that he has always stressed comfort. And the comfort of Otani is right now in Anaheim. It is a big market with low scrutiny. It's a big market with little pressure. Yeah, we talk about how the Angels never make the playoffs, and yeah, we talk about how they're wasting Shohei Otani, but he's not the one getting ripped. He's not the one getting scrutinized. It's the franchise. It's the ownership. It's the front office. If he really likes that cocoon, that bubble, and now you take away him being Babe Ruth and he's just a power hitter, and the money has come down because not everybody's going to bid as much as they were once going to, and the the takers on Otani might have minimized by a little bit, he might stay. Now, I think that it would be a mistake because he said winning was a priority, and I don't see how you can look at the Angels and say they're in a good spot to, to win. Let's face it, after the trade deadline, they punted on almost every chance of being a winner for the coming years. So he would be opting back into a situation where you're talking about a 500 team, maybe you make a wild card, but you're not talking about winning World Series or going to the World Series. They've got no track record of doing it, and no farm system to help that. But out of all of this that just looked like the Angels made every mistake possible, they might get him back. And it would tell us if they do get him back that Otani actually didn't really care about winning, to be quite honest. When we come back here on the show, we've got sound check. We've got your best audio of the day. So keep it locked right here, and that includes a honoring of a great broadcaster and American icon and a J.R. and Shep moment coming up here next. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. All right, welcome back. Appreciate you being with us on this fine Monday morning. Remember, you can listen to us in podcast form as well. The best of the show. Or the full four hours available by simply searching The DA Show on your favorite podcast platform. Saints Radio as C.J. Stroud throws a three-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter of last night's preseason game. C.J. Stroud trying to lock down that starting quarterback position in Houston. Second and goal for the Texans moving right to left towards Poydras. Under center is Stroud. Pierce, the lone back. Play action. Stroud to throw. Throws to the end zone. That is complete to number 12, Nico Collins with a touchdown on the near side. I think just being myself is all I need. Um, I don't have to be anything or anybody else. I have to just be myself and um, make make what we're doing comfortable with my shoes and comfortable with my skin. And um, I think I've uh, gotten okay with doing that, um, making the offense mine, like how I think about plays and and of course, try to be on the same page with Bobby. Um, but I think uh, that's something that I've uh, kind of got more used to, just being myself as I'm trying to do new things that I'm asked to do. So um, definitely just being myself. Well, the experiment of whether you can ruin a young quarterback by throwing them into the fire too early will be tested severely over the course of this season. The Panthers are going to start Bryce Young from day one. Texans going to start C.J. Stroud from day one. Colts are going to start Anthony Richardson from day one. My guess is not all three will benefit for playing for bad teams week one as a rookie. But this is the reality of today's NFL. Impatience is everywhere and it will ruin at least one of these guys. Baseball. We go to Root Sports. Mariners Television. Julio Rodriguez. We just got to keep on going. It's not How cool is this? The Red Hot Mariners have vaulted themselves into first place in the American League West. 
on top of the Texas Rangers having one of their best seasons in franchise history and the dangerous Houston Astros. At the moment, the Mariners have a one-game lead on both the Rangers and the Astros. They've won nine of their last ten games. And a 3-2 win yesterday over the Royals gives them the division lead. Rodriguez is the hero in Seattle. They're one of the most fun teams to watch in baseball. And if you gave me Mariners, Orioles, ALCS, I'd be in on that, baby. <laughs> I love how in the uh, in that clip we just played, he almost curses. Twice. He, yeah. When he goes, let's keep riding that. I'm going to keep it right there. Exactly. I'm going to keep it right there. <laughs> the first time I heard it, I actually thought that he had cursed once and then held himself back once. But he held himself back twice. So good job by Rodriguez. One of the most exciting, great young players of the game. And Mariners fans have been desperate for a winner for a long time. He's not junior yet. But Julio Rodriguez, this M's team, is making him believe in the Pacific Northwest. And I believe as well. Now, let's go back to Thursday night, shall we? Right here on CBS Sports Radio. The JR Sport Brief, weeknights here on the network. And JR is excellent, and his producer, Shep, is excellent as well. And JR visited Washington, D.C. recently, and they got to talking about it. So, of course, we want to play that here on the show. I like coming to D.C., man. You, you, you've been down here before? I, yeah, I have, man. The Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. I, I'm, I'm trying to think. There's a... Um... You know, the, the, Mr. Mr. Jackson goes to Washington. Can that be a remake? Me? <laughs> yes. You want to make a movie out of this? Like, well, what do you want? Well, it's kind of catchy. And there is that Mr. Smith goes to Washington, that classic. But there Mr. hasn't been a remake, though. Mr. Jackson goes to Washington. Yeah. Sounds like a Cinemax movie. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it, it sounds like a feature film, a, a, a drama, or a, a you know a family-friendly comedy. Does oh, not no, sound like a Cinemax. Sounds show. like no. something that comes on. Uh, does Cinemax still exist? Well, JR, the good news is I don't think you and I know. And more importantly, I don't think you and I care because God knows there is trash and then there's Cinemax. Yeah, but that's why, you know, I haven't seen Cinemax. I don't know. That's a good thing. I don't I don't know if Cinemax exactly. still, still exists. Yeah, Mr. Jackson goes to Washington. That does sound like a Cinemax title. It sounds, uh, sounds pretty interesting. But no, I, I, I love it out here. I love that conversation. I love everything about that conversation. Now they're they're trying to say Skinamax, aren't they? I think they're suggesting that it's a late night Cinemax movie, which the the, the shorthand is Skinamax for mm. all those naughty movies at night. But I mean, there is a Cinemax. It's just now combined with HBO and called Max, right? Yeah, but the and the, and the freestanding channels are still there too. The so, channels on yeah, your TV, just the, cinema. The channels on regular cable are still there, but along with Max. Which is the streaming platform for all of the Cinemax and HBO stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, you got to love Shep dropping a Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, a 1939 <laughs> movie starring James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> That's even tool the to reference for Pete. I mean, he didn't get that one. <laughs> 20 years too young for me. Shep's. Think about it. Shep has taught listeners about Mickey Mantle and now about Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> and I like, because he's right, JR, Mr. Jackson goes to D.C. does sound like a, a Skinamax movie or a porno. Yeah, Mr. Space. Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ladies.
I love how when he asked if, if Shep has been to Washington, D.C. He goes, yeah, you know, the Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument. Goes into all the... <laughs> he basically did done for a day. <laughs> R.R. J.R. J.R. Oh, Air man. Jordan, his airness, Michael Jordan himself. I love those guys. By the way, because I was confused too, Cinemax is not part of Max. Really? Yeah, Max is well, HBO and other like Time Warner properties, but Cinemax is still its own thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why would they call it Max then? Because it's it was HBO Max, and then when, when it was just HBO's streaming thing, and I think when they brought in. Like Discovery Channel stuff is on there. Right. Then it became just Max. But Cinemax stuff is not on there. Oh my God. Yeah. So what Cinem- a labeling nightmare. Cinemax, HBO Max, no affiliation. Um, I I think they are possibly cousins business wise, but they're but Cinemax is not part of Max. <laughs> wow. What a weird branding decision to make, to take the HBO. Yeah. And the reason they did that was because they wanted to be family friendly and they felt that automatically when you think HBO, you think about some very adult content. But HBO's the brand. HBO's what everybody knows. To eliminate the HBO from the HBO part of your product seems to be silly. And is Skinamax a subsidiary of Cinemax? Skinamax is, or is those not just... an official term. Oh, okay. That's not like no. you can't find the channel Skinamax. That's just the term no, for pornos but... on Cinemax. Yes. Correct. Oh. Yes. For the Correct. longest time, I thought there was an actual channel called Skinamax. No, 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 no. It's just after like 11 p.m. when like Red Shoe Diaries came yeah. on. There you go. And, uh, Cat House was another one. The yes. lady that used to be married to Gene Simmons. That was her name. Shannon Tweed. Oh, Shannon she Tweed. She was a big... Yeah. Skinamax actress. Look at you. Listen, now I were, know what you used to do. There were times do. where that was the only thing we got. Yeah, yeah. baby. And scramble remember, Yeah, for, for people like Bogues and I that are now in our 40s, mid-40s, well before the internet, we yeah. we come of age. And, you know, you're looking at SI swimsuit issues. Right. And flipping through late night TV. What's your name? <laughs> Maybe there's a Victoria's Secret catalog in there, but it's not like you can dial up naked people doing naked things all the time for free on your on your phone like kids got now. No, once AOL connected, you got mail. You were not. You got porn. It didn't happen. Yes, exactly. One didn't follow the other. That's exactly. Right. Wow. So 15 years. Uh, I guess maybe 20 years ago when you were dating. I mean, now almost Bogus. 30 years ago. She's asleep Friday night, 11 o'clock. You got to remember, I'm high school class of 97, Bogues is class of 98. Yeah. Neither one of us have high-speed high internet probably until we go to college. Correct. So you're talking about through the age of 18, it's dial-up. And you ain't watching anything on dial-up that's worth, you know, your time. And dial-up I only got in 94, 95. Right. So I'm getting to freshman and sophomore year in high school, and there's not even an internet that exists. Oh, boy, let me learn you something. When I first got on the internet, it meant my family couldn't get phone calls. That's right. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> the line was busy. That's right. I had to get off in case someone was calling us. Yes, that's right. Not now. Let me let me take care of something. Mom, then you can talk. Five more minutes. No. Then you can talk to Aunt Joni. <laughs> Tell Grandma to call back later. The best would be when you were dialing up and your, your mother or father was trying to make a phone call at the same time. Right. Why are you using the internet again? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, the fancy folks got a second line that was just for the AOL dialogue. That's right. 
And then when you wanted to load even a website like ESPN.com or something or CBS Sports, what was it called? CBS Sports something.com. Oh, that's right. It did have an extra word in it. You click on it, and then you just wait, and you leave the room until it loads, <laughs> until you come back. Right. And use the bathroom. came down in stages to fill the page. The good old days. <laughs> use the bathroom. Go get yourself a drink of Kool-Aid. Come back. <laughs> maybe maybe you got the first story loaded. Maybe you got to go do Sports something line. else. CBS Sports Line. That's, that's right. Yeah. CBSSportsLine.com. Yeah. Finally, a bonus clip. We lost an American icon as Bob Barker passes away at the age of 99. Four. Four. He says four. Open that door. It's a one. Rod, did you not do the car plug? Did I do that? I got some. Maybe I did. You want me to do it again? Would, did you not do the car plug? I, I didn't read about it. I'm well, trying, no, wait I got, a minute, folks. I got so wait confused. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you can see you can see what I've gone through for 25 years with the kind of people I'm working with. He doesn't read the plug. She that can't drive the car. I tell you, is it any wonder to you why I have white hair? Tell him about the car. I got so confused. She ran into the walls. <laughs> That's awesome. And that is your sound check. Bob Barker would have turned 100 years old in December. And a couple of things unknowingly he raised a lot of us because he was our dad's because we all watched him on sick days and snow days when our parents weren't home mm -hmm. when they were working or whatever. So you ended up spending a lot of time with Bob Barker as a kid. Usually you end up watching like sports center for the third time and then you're sick of it. So you click over to prices, right? And you watch Bob Barker. That show is usually an hour and a half long, right? So you could usually get hour. Hour? It was 11 to 12 when I was growing up here in New York. So you could usually get a good 45 minutes every day that you're home during school with Bob. And he's a gentle, humane, cared about kids, cared about dogs and cats being spayed and neutered, was a, a gentleman. He was a classic. Like, you know, we all had an experience with Bob Barker. So we lost a great one, but also he was always tan, okay? Always. So I really don't want to hear about how often I got to put on sunblock. All I hear is put on sunblock, put on sunblock, save your skins. This guy was getting fake tan until he was 99 years old. He lasts until nearly 100. I mean, how bad could it have been for Bob Barker to get <laughs> That's your takeaway? fake tans? <laughs> the guy was tan until he was 99 years old. Was he was he tanning booth tan or spray tan tan? Well, I guess that's true. Could have been spray tan. But how bad could the sun really be? <laughs> it hurts. By the way, terrible take. <laughs> I'll, let, yeah, I'll let you know in five years when I get my first skin cancer thing removed. Also, great turn in Happy Gilmore. The price is wrong. Punches out Happy Gilmore. I mean, the guy, the guy did... Did great things. And I'm sure we've all seen some different version of this tweet since yesterday that said, I can't believe this guy lived to almost 100 but didn't go over. Like in the game, he got to 99, didn't go over. Exactly. Yeah. They're pretty amazing. 99 and nine months old. Didn't go over. And when did you kill him? So it does. <laughs> the passing of Bob Barker does have a DA show twist here. Because once upon a time, I 
mistakenly thought he had already passed away. Becomes a successful game show host, then they hire him for The Price is Right and becomes arguably the greatest game show host ever. They didn't just pluck him out of a two-bit acting studio. He was built up through the years to finally get to the throne of The Price is Right. And now we just think anybody can host Jeopardy? Ah, former football player, an actress, ah, maybe a this or a that. I mean, come on, former contestant. Bob Barker's got juice, or had, God rest his soul. Bob Barker, you know, that, that guy had the goods to be a great game show host. It's a bad job by me. <laughs> my, my bad. My, my bad. I had not heard from Bob in a long time. He had not texted me for a long time. My bad, my friend. I'm sorry. Did not see him cross my timeline. So I had assumed he was up there in age that he had passed away. Did I call? Oh, excuse me, my bad. I had found out during commercial break or from the D-Aliens on Twitter, D.A. Bob Barker's not dead. But the take remains. This was back when Aaron Rodgers could host Jeopardy. No. I'm so mad about that. No. <laughs> No, not anybody can do it. Bob and Trebek and Sajak, and these are the legends. Wink, not the defensive coordinator of the Giants, <laughs> the actual <laughs> Wink Martindale. These guys work their entire lives for those jobs. You don't just give them to quarterbacks, football players. Have they f- figured that out, by the way? Is it officially Ken Jennings and, and what's her name? Well, now Mayim has left the celebrity jeopardy. Okay. She's doing this, I think, in honor of the SAG-AFTRA writer strike. Oh, okay. So now Ken Jennings has taken that over, the celebrity, and I think now it's mostly Jennings. What do you mean, in honor of the writer strike? Come on, You're not writing Jeopardy! Game show! Enough! I, I'm not as in tune with the reasoning, but... <laughs> Enough. I, Ridiculous, these guys, millions of dollars walking around. I'm getting a little tired of it. Well, the writers don't make millions of dollars. Yeah, but then the actors are stepping in now. Like, like, they, like they're going to do something. Solidarity. Yeah, oh, hey, I'm going to hold the picket sign. Then they're going to go back to their $400 million mansion. Get lost. Enough. What pay you, the writers, let's go. What do you support pay the, the writers, let's Do you go. support the writers' strike? Oh, I, I, look, get your money. Get your money, but you know what? I don't need to see the actors out there. They're not doing anything to help the matter. How about you pay them, all right? And, and, and you take care of the problem, all right? Well, get this over with, and enough with this uh, these solidarity uh, uh, claims. Enough. What if I'm going to watch a game show. <laughs> your idea to solve the writer's strike with, the, with the, the, the producing companies is have the actors pay the writers? Yes, they should. <laughs> they, they should chip in. They do not need you on that picket line. What if there is a Let sag- go off it then. What if there's a SAG after a board op strike? We don't have that. He's not in SAG after. That's the that's the storyline uh, yeah, here. Let's, Will let's DA be declined role. membership? Will Please. DA be paying you, Pete? I, I will. I will march in solidarity. I'm with that's all the board right, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if Pete wasn't a union, he'd be perpetually on strike. But here he is telling the actors to get back to work. I, make sure my, I need my Blossom taken, on my Jeopardy screen. Make sure my deal's taken care of. Enough. I want to watch a game show, damn it. <laughs> and you can still watch Jeopardy. You can't just watch it with Blossom. Oh, I, I got to watch one from four years ago. Great. Enough. 
I honestly can't tell when they're new and when they're not new. Yeah. Because Blossom needs to go out and, and have a coffee and, and walk a picket line for a couple hours <laughs> and, go back, and then go back home. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> but wait, Pete, quickly, tell me your list of complaints about your work conditions. I, I don't have a union. Sorry. If you did, you'd be on strike outside the building no, if, right I, if I did, I'd have things taken care of. Also, who... <laughs> Who's Blossom? I thought her name was Mayim Bialik. That, that was the character she played in the TV show called Blossom. It was before you were born. <laughs> uh. That was her first role. That's what made her a star. She starred as Blossom in an early 90s sitcom on NBC. And I like Jennifer Von Oy better. Who played Six, oh, her okay. neighbor. If she was picketing Pete, would you be for <laughs> Yes, because I'd be right there, too. And a young Joey Lawrence. That's right. Whoa. Yep, that was the big line. That's that the, the biggest line. the biggest catchphrase from that show is whoa. <laughs> nice. That's when NBC had a lot of good shows. Did they have writers on that show? They probably did, but they, they didn't strike. You never heard about strikes in the eighties. And they wrote whoa very well. Yeah. That's right. That's we'll see two if two uh, O's and an A or an A and <laughs> We'll see if Awful Announcing can post out the headline. Pete Bellotti tells Sagraftra actors enough. Enough. Pay the writers yourself. <laughs> Damn the solidarity. I mean, we got enough problems going on around here. And this is this is the big problem we have in, in Hollywood land. Hollywood land. <laughs> enough. <laughs> give me my Jeopardy. Whoever. Give, give me I, my talkies. You know what? It's all of them. It's all of them. It's the producers. It's the writers. It's all those all guys. Let's go get back to work. <laughs> Enough people out of work, and these guys are protesting of TV shows. <laughs> I'm how not long wrong been, either. How long you been? So you're, you're you're partly wrong at oh, least. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I didn't Specifically, ask you. you were wrong about the, the actors should pay the writers. That's right. definitely wrong. Right. Dwayne Johnson can afford to pay a, a couple million to some some of these writers. Get them out of uh, having a you know. Hey, Dwayne, I wrote Scorpion 3. Do you think you can pay me for that? <laughs> yeah. I wrote I wrote Daddy. What was that one where he's like a, a daddy daycare or something? Daddy no, superhero? When he's the tooth fairy, wasn't he? That's what it is, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was the fourth writer on the last scene of the tooth fairy. Pay up. Maybe maybe this is a good time to cleanse some of these writers. I actually cleanse. Yeah. yeah the now. tooth fairy? <laughs> tooth fairy. So now you're just firing them. Well, I mean, I mean, write some good movies. I love it. Go ahead, Bogus. Bogus has your headlines. Uh, Deshaun Watson, then Tyrod Taylor, then Davis Mills, and now C.J. Stroud. April's number two pick is officially QB1 in Houston. He's the Texans' fourth week one starter in as many years. Definitely a blessing, something that I think I work for and definitely earned. Um, but at the same time, nothing else really changes. I'm still going to work like the way I'm working even more now. Stroud finished his preseason with his first touchdown pass, a short one to Nico Collins on the Texans' second drive last night in New Orleans. Stroud's night then ended. Houston eventually won 17-13 to close out the entire preseason. By the way, I didn't mean to interrupt, but The Rock did make a donation, a seven-figure donation to the writers. So, so you apologize. No, I, I'm glad for The Rock. That more actors should do what he did. Back okay. to you. <laughs> Back to you. 
Arizona State football will not play a bowl game this season. The school punishing itself now while the NCAA continues to investigate multiple major recruiting violations under former head coach Herm Edwards. Sunday night baseball in San Francisco. The Giants facing a three-game sweep at the hands of the Braves. The windup, 2-2 pitch. Swing, a line drive. Under the glove of Olsen at first. Down the right field line, all the way into the corner. Slater scores. Flores scores. Here comes Davis, and they all score! John Miller still crushing it on Giants radio. Rookie catcher Patrick Bailey, a tie-breaking three-run double in the fifth. His Giants held on for an 8-5 win over the Braves. Just their sixth victory in their last 20 games. They remain a game and a half behind Arizona for the last wildcard spot in the NL. Those Diamondbacks top the Reds 5-2, taking three of four in that series. Simone Biles won her record eighth U.S. Gymnastics all-around title last night. She won her first 10 years ago at 16. Now at 26, she is the oldest American to win this crown. Uh, I'm not sure if 12-year-old girls dig the long ball, but if they do, Louis Lappy is going to be pretty popular in El Segundo, California. His no-doubt solo shot bottom six, ending the Little League World Series yesterday afternoon in Williamsport. His team a 6-5 win over Curacao. DA, back to you. Rob of the 3-2-1 tweets in DA. Boyle's aunt was curious as to when you were doing the sleep number read. She's debating on the number she'll need for when she gets her hands on Victor Hovland. Hashtag reinforce the mattress. It's not bad. And pay the writers. Damn right. But not the people who should pay them. Other people should pay them. Someone pay them. Someone pay them. When we come back here on the show, looks like we got the Yankees being disrespected. Properly so. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Please knock. Dan in the Kennigsburg is asleep in the Lazy Boy. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, yes. A happy Monday to you, everybody. You can always watch the show on YouTube and Twitch and watchda.com. The last place New York Yankees. They lose to the Rays yesterday in St. Pete. 7-4. A contentious matchup with a couple of moments where scuffles almost broke out. Guys coming out of the dugout. A lot of animosity between the two. Benches and bullpens emptied twice in the eighth inning. Five batters were hit in the game, but no punches were thrown. The Yankees lost their eighth straight series rubber game. They have fallen to last place the American League East. They've got no chance now at the wild card. They are in danger of having their first losing season in 30 years. They're six games under 500. And the Rays are the top team in the American League, American League wildcard standings. Here is the Tampa Bay Rays, Brandon Lau. It's a last place team against a team that's in contention. You know, there's trying to ignite something over there, whatever. Uh, not worth our time at this moment. You know, we're, we're focused on bigger things right now than worrying about a, a little on-field scuffle. You know, we need each game. How delicious is this that the Tampa Bay Rays are mocking the Yankees as that last place team we don't need to worry about? It's beneath us as the Rays to engage with that team. 
I mean, that's something else. That's not the Red Sox. That's not the Dodgers. That's not a powerhouse, big market, deep-pocketed franchise mocking the Yankees. That's the Tampa Bay Rays. Once upon a time, the Devil Rays. <laughs> the the Rays are the ones going, look, that's the last place joke of a team. We we can't get bothered with them. They're whatever. We got bigger fish to fry. Wow, how embarrassing. How far the mighty have fallen. And they embarrassed them right on the spot, too. They hit a Ro- Randy Rosarena to begin the bottom of the eighth. He steals second base, steals third base, chirps the Yankees' relief pitcher, and then scores on a single before they even get an out in the inning. Um, Rosarena, hey. Mocking them. The Yankees are being mocked. They're being humiliated, disrespected, as well they should. They are such a disaster. Everything about them is a disaster. And I don't know if there's a, there's a fix in the offseason. I mean, this is a, a franchise that has tried to just kind of keep buying its way into contention every year, but without going really big. They've got some bad contracts in the books that are hard to get rid of, namely the Giancarlo stand. They are overly reliant on both Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge. Anybody outside of those two guys has been a mess most of this season. they got the same guy at the top in Brian Cashman making the decisions. Maybe they fire Boone, maybe they don't, but is that enough to make some type of massive change in the Bronx? Not really. It feels a lot like when the Yankees kind of cratered in the mid to late 80s where they they spent money, but they never spent it all that wisely. They never had a great farm system. They kept trading away prospects, and they were just kind of like, eh. And then the bottom dropped out in the late 80s, early 90s. It took them a while to build back. It kind of feels like we might be on the precipice of that again for the Yanks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.